Welcome to Episode 2 of the Anglican Internet Church Seasonal Video Series, Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ through the Gentiles. I'm Father Ron Shipley, Founder and Director of the AIC. In Episode 2, the focus is on Epiphany Eve, Epiphany Day, and the first Sunday after Epiphany. While Epiphany is a fixed feast which always occurs on January 6th, the length of Epiphany season is variable depending upon the date of Easter, which is set according to rules established at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. The smallest possible number of Sundays after Epiphany is one. This short season occurs only when Septuagesima Sunday which is always nine Sundays before Easter, is celebrated on January 18th, which can happen only when Easter is observed on the earliest possible date. The illustration is a detail of the left side of an 8th century fresco of the Adoration of the Magi in one of the many cave churches near Guremi, Turkey, in the mountainous Cappadocia region of eastern Anatolia. In the modern world, in which people commonly do not live in the same neighborhood as their regular church, local parishes rarely hold evening prayer or other services on the eve of the major feasts, the exception being Christmas Eve. Therefore, for most Anglicans, Epiphany Eve goes largely unobserved. For Epiphany Eve, which marks the start of the transition from Christmas season to Epiphany season, the lectionary in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer recommends the reading of Psalms 29 and 98, both psalms attributed to David, Isaiah 49, 1-7, and Luke 3, verses 15-22. to Psalm 29 the ninth of ten Passion Psalms, mentions that, quote, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters in verse 3, and includes this declaration in verse 10, the Lord shall give strength to his people, the Lord shall give his people the blessing of peace. St. Augustine of Hippo, or St. Augustine in the American tradition, interpreted these verses as references to the presence of Jesus Christ in human history, which is celebrated as at Epiphany as a manifestation to the Gentiles. The illustration is a circa 1474 A.D. oil on canvas of St. Augustine by Justus van Ghent, part of a collection of 28 famous men at the Louvre Museum in Paris, France. Psalm 98 is among the most Christological of all the psalms. The phrases, with his own right hand and with his holy arm, hath he gotten himself the victory, in verse 2, and he hath remembered his mercy and truth toward the house of Israel and all the ends of the earth have seen his salvation, in verse 4, were interpreted in the early church as a prophecy of the nativity. Verses 1 through 4 inspired Isaac Watts to write the renowned hymn, Joy to the World, which was intended as a song about the second coming. 
Beginning in the mid-19th century, when the celebration of Christmas grew, at least partly as the result of the popularity of Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol, the public accepted the music as applying to the nativity. At the Council of Constantinople in 381 A.D., the phrase, quote, concerning Jesus that he, quote, sitteth at the right hand of the Father, unquote, was added to the Nicene Creed. Isaiah 49, 1-7 is a prophecy of the coming of the, quote, light to the Gentiles in verse 6. Redeemer of Israel and their Holy One, who will be worshipped by kings and princes in verse 7. The language is similar to Isaiah 60, verse 3. The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, which is read as an opening sentence in Anglican evening prayer in Epiphany season. The illustration is an 11th century Byzantine Orthodox mosaic of Isaiah at Neomoni Monastery in Chios, Greece. The reading from Luke 3, 15-22 is John the Baptist's prophecy of, quote, one mightier than I who is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose, in verse 16a, and who would, quote, baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, in verse 16b, and who would be greater than himself. It also includes, in verses 21 and 22, St. Luke's account of Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan, which is the focus of the second Sunday after Epiphany. The illustration is an 18th century Russian Orthodox icon of St. Luke by unknown artists from a private collection in the Netherlands. The general theme for Epiphany is the first manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, which is the visit of the three wise men, commonly called the Adoration of the Magi. The illustration is a 1961 A.D. Christmas stamp from New Zealand, about as far as one can get from the Holy Land, with the central detail of Albrecht Dürer's Adoration of the Magi, which was originally painted in oils on wood in 1507 A.D., on a commission from a Holy Roman Emperor. It was originally intended for use as an altarpiece at a Roman Catholic Church in Germany, but it changed hands several times. It was purchased for the Uffizi Gallery in Florence, Italy in 1792 A.D. The Collect for the Day, which I also read in Episode 1, firmly establishes a thematic connection between the visit of the wise men and New Testament themes established in the Gospel of St. John, especially light versus darkness. Here the star is a symbol of the light which has come to mankind. The final clause refers to the offer of salvation in the kingdom of the Father through faith in Jesus Christ. O God, who by the leading of a star didst manifest thy only begotten Son to the Gentiles, mercifully grant that we who know thee now by faith may after this life have the fruition of thy glorious Godhead through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
The collect was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gregorian Sacramentary of the Roman Catholic Church for use in the First Book of Common Prayer in 1549 A.D. In the prayer book tradition, the major feasts of the church include additional words for the Sanctus Prayer in Holy Communion. These are commonly called proper prefaces, or more commonly just propers. One of the curiosities of the prayer book tradition is that the Church of England did not provide a proper for Epiphany. The Church in the United States remedied the shortcoming in the first uniquely American prayer book, the 1789 Book of Common Prayer. The proper reinforces theological themes of the season and the lessons of the doctrines of the Nicene Creed and was inspired by Luke 1, 79, part of the Benedictus, and by John 1, verses 4 and 5, and by John 8, 12, the I am the light of the world saying. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who in substance of our mortal flesh manifested forth his glory that he might bring us out of darkness into his own glorious light. The proper is read on Epiphany on January 6th and the seven days thereafter, which together make up the octave of Epiphany whenever Holy Communion is celebrated. The illustration is the two central panels with perspective correction applied in the adoration of the Magi stained glass window at the Cathedral of the Three Kings, Cologne, Germany, made by the Royal Bavarian Stained Glass Manufactory, Munich, in 1846 A.D., which was headed by, that firm was headed by the renowned stained glass artist F.X. Zettler. The epistle reading is Ephesians 3, 1 to 12. St. Paul's mini homily on the concepts of the mystery of Christ, which is, quote, now revealed, and quote, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. The illustration is an unfinished early 15th century icon of St. Paul in the Russian Orthodox style by celebrated iconographer Andrei Rubelyov at the Tretyakov Gallery in Moscow, Russia. The Gospel reading is Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12, St. Matthew's account of the visit of the wise men from the East. The phrase wise men comes from the Greek magi, who have come to, quote, worship the newborn, quote, king of the Jews. In verse 5, St. Matthew reports that the chief priest spoke to Herod of the prophecy that there would come a governor, or in the NKV, NKJV text, ruler, that shall rule, or the NKJV calls it shepherd, my people Israel, which is from Micah 5, verse 2. The illustration is a set of statues of the Adoration of the Magi near the choir at the Cathedral of St. Mary of Burgess in Castile, Spain. The cathedral was begun in the 13th century and completed in the 16th century. St. Matthew records that they followed 
us to the star and rejoice with great joy when they found the Blessed Virgin and the Christ child to whom they presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are symbolic gifts suggesting acceptance of his royal status. The story of where and when St. Matthew's unique account of wise men acquired a number and names is very complicated. In the 5th century, in the Roman Catholic tradition of the Western Church at Rome, the Feast of the Epiphany first became focused on the adoration of the Magi. In the same tradition, around the 7th century, they were given the number three, and the names Melchior, Caspar, or Gaspard in Anglican hymns, and Balthazar. Again in the same tradition at Rome, bodies said to be those of the three kings were discovered in Italy at the church of St. Eustorgio outside Milan in 1158 AD. According to that same tradition, St. Eustorgio had received them from the Emperor Constantine at Constantinople in the 4th century. The remains were given to the Bishop of Cologne, likely at the command of Holy Roman Emperor Frederick or Friedrich Barbarossa in 1164 A.D. The illustration is an illumination in colors and gold on parchment from the Chronic of the Gilfs, produced at the Benedictine Monastery, Weingarten, Germany, between 1175 and 1191 A.D. The shrine built to house the remains was finished at Cologne in 1225 A.D. In 1248 A.D., construction began on the Cathedral of the Three Kings, which now houses the three gold sarcophagi of the Three Kings from the original shrine. The shrine quickly became famous across Europe. It was mentioned in Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, published at London in 1387 A.D. A set, as mentioned earlier, a set of stained glass windows, the Adoration of the Magi, made by F.X. Zettler of Munich, was installed in the nearly finished cathedral in 1846 A.D. The cathedral was finally completed in 1864 A.D. In 1857 A.D., John Henry Hopkins what wrote We Three Kings of Orient Are, which firmly enshrined the story into the Anglican Christmas worship tradition. Other hymns suitable for Epiphany Day are Charles Coffin's What Star Is This? and John Mason Neal's O Thou Who By a Star Didst Guide. In the AIC bookstore publication, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, we have set We Three Kings and What Star Is This to a simpler one-page congregational singing format. The St. Chrysostom Hymnal is available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. On occasions when there is no service for Epiphany Day, the service can be moved to the first Sunday after Epiphany. The illustration is the remarkably detailed central panel, one of 14 panels of an elaborate 15th century 
painting by Jaume Uge that adorns the high altar at St. Agatha Chapel in Barcelona, Spain. For the first Sunday after Epiphany, another manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles is in focus. The illustration is an early 20th century stained glass window of Jesus teaching in the temple at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, from the AIC bookstore publication Paintings on Light, also available from the virtual bookstore at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The collect for the day was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gregorian Sacramentary with emphasis on the theme of mankind's dependence upon God for his grace. Lord, we beseech thee mercifully to receive the prayers of thy people who call upon thee and grant that they may both perceive and know what things they ought to do and also may have grace and power faithfully to fulfill the same through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The epistle reading is Romans 12, 1-5, the first of four consecutive readings in Epiphany season from Romans chapters 12 and 13. His theme is the unity of the church as one body under Christ, or as he put it, we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of one another. The illustration is again Andrei Rubelyov's unfinished icon of St. Paul, circa 1407 at the Tretyakov Gallery in Moscow. The Gospel reading is Luke 2, verses 41 to 51, St. Luke's unique glimpse into Jesus' life during his childhood, generally called teaching the doctors in the temple. The 12-year-old Jesus is found teaching in the temple after a three-day search. He questions his mother on how it is that she and Joseph did not know he was doing his father's business. The reading ends with St. Luke's assessment that afterward Jesus grew in stature in multiple ways pleasing to both God and man. The reading from St. Luke's Gospel is featured in the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, episode for December 31st, the seventh day of Christmas, when the key word is family. All the episodes in the series are linked from the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The illustration is an 18th-century Russian Orthodox tempera and gilt-on-panel icon of St. Luke. There are no hymns written specifically for First Sunday after Epiphany, but the event is referred to in the second verse of Christopher Wordworth's Songs of Thankfulness and Praise. In the St. Chrysostom, St. Chrysostom hymnal, a simpler, easier-to-sing alternative tune is suggested, Monkland, for the song to be sung in eight verses. Other AIC resources not previously mentioned include podcast homilies for Epiphany and the first Sunday after Epiphany, which are linked from the podcast homilies page. From the AIC Bible Study video series New Testament Gospels, 
Luke's account of teaching the doctors in the temple is discussed in episode 15. The episode is linked from the New Testament page with podcast links on the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. From the new AIC bookstore publications, first, the Gospel of Matthew annotated and illustrated, The Visit of the Wise Men is discussed and richly illustrated on two opposing pages in chapter 2. And from the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated, Jesus' teaching in the temple is discussed in chapter 3. Finally, Father Ron's blog, a page in which I post new information, usually weekly, including at least one graphic from our archive of historic church art from both the Western and Eastern church traditions. You can reach the page by clicking the Father Ron's blog tab from the site menu at the top or bottom of the page, Once on the blog page, I invite you to become a follower by clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend. You'll be asked to enter your email address to receive notice of each new posting from our website host, wordpress.com. Please be assured that we do not share email addresses with any other entity and that you may remove your name at any time you choose. Thank you for joining me for Episode 2. Next time, in Episode 3, the last in the series, I will discuss the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings and traditional hymns for the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th Sundays after Epiphany. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.